0: Hello, Kate. Welcome to Better Reading. Hello. Thank you very much. Now, I am uh, super excited about this. Um, I uh, it, it kind of um, meets all my life requirements, food and reading.
2: That is good. That yeah. is exactly what
0: it is. Yeah. So, Kate has uh, written this book. It's called The Little Library Cookbook, 100 Recipes from Your Favourite Stories. It is beautiful. Thank you. Thank it, you very much. It is Entirely beautiful. Um and this is a podcast so I do want to describe um
2: Oh please, yeah.
0: yes, all our listeners. One, it's hardcover, but it's got a beautiful jacket. Um, and it's got one of those, um, beautiful ribbon bookmarks. But the photoph- In like a teal, which I love. <laughs> In teal. Okay, you're probably better with colours than I am. <laughs> and the end papers are absolutely divine. They
2: are my favourite thing about the book.
0: Yeah. yeah. And if you don't know what end papers are, it is the, kind of the double spread when you first open a book. Um, and then when I go through, you are not just an extraordinary cook, but you're a beautiful writer as well. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Now, it's not very often um, I buy books, only because I get given so many. <laughs> However, just before, um, uh, a couple of months ago actually, I was in a big bookstore, Harry Hardtog, at Bondi Junction, and I saw this and I had to buy it. No, I was sent one eventually. <laughs> but I couldn't wait for that. Yeah, I could not wait.
2: That is... the best possible recommendation. Thank you. (laughs) Isn't it?
0: Yeah. Okay. Now, it's been a journey to get here, and I want to start with all of that. So you've got an accent. I do. You live in England, but you're actually, what, born in Queensland? I
2: I actually... Was actually born in England to Australian parents, mm-hmm. and we moved back here when I was two. So I have no memory of England as a baby.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, what did your parents do? My mum was a physio, My mum is a physio, uh, and my dad was doing his PhD in England and then was postdoc.
0: Ah, uh, right. Okay. Yeah.
2: So he was a rese- He still is a researcher. They both still do their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's good. what they did do in England as well.
0: Right. So you were born in the late eighties. There. there. Yeah. 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 Okay, and so then you came back to Queensland. Then we
2: all came back to Queensland in 89 and I grew up here and then
0: when I was 21 I moved back. Do you know, I moved to London in 1989. Really? Yeah, there you did go. a little swap in the air. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so um, so tell me, why did you
2: move, up, move up back? Um, so we, we won a trip to England when I was 12. Wow, um, at our local shopping center, we won like money to spend in the local shopping center, and my stepdad was like, "We are absolutely buying flights somewhere and we yeah. went to like the Harvey World Travel and bought flights to England the whole family the whole family and uh and we were there for three weeks. I got to miss three weeks of school, which was obviously amazing and and I just loved it. I had so much fun, I thought it was beautiful, I thought it was exciting i was we were sort of we are in the Cotswolds so for a year bit. So was and that? Around 99. 11, 99, yeah,
0: okay. Yeah. It's
2: changed a lot since I lived there. Yeah, it has food changed. Has. The food has. And when I was 12, to be honest, the food wasn't what was interesting not, to me. Not. I was interested in streets and shopping and excitement and loads of people and yeah. the parks and how pretty it was and how much it looked like all the books that I'd read as a child. Yeah, like, yeah. I spent my whole childhood reading books set in England and mm. then went to London and was like, well, this is magic and mm. I clearly want to live here. And I, I came back and started saving and got a proper job. Proper job. I got my first uh, uh, job in a fish and chip shop when I was 14 and started saving. And by the time a I A fish and
0: chip shop here?
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's and by hard. The time. Yeah. <laughs> it so yeah. It was so warm. So yeah. was so warm. So I did sort of a year in a fish and chip shop and then five years in an Indian restaurant and then kept working through university. What were your parents thinking when you were doing that? Well, I think... I've talked to them about it a lot since where we sort of have had conversations about me moving over and I think that it was always there as a possibility as like well well this is what we did when we were 21 there's no reason that you couldn't do it too yeah I've always had the flexibility that a lot of my Australian friends in England haven't had which is that I have a passport yes so there was never that like two years hanging over my head of Mm -hmm. like you either need to get in and get sponsored in a teaching job or you need to embrace it for two years and then leave yes so I had the flexibility to go, I'm going to teach for four months and then I'm going to try and get into theatre and I'm going to work for free for a year and invest time in that and just have faith that it's going to work out and then I'll get a job in theatre. And so I was able to do it at a pace that felt very, I felt very lucky to be able to do.
0: And what did you want to do in theatre?
2: I wanted to be a producer, which is what I did for six years. Right. So I studied theatre and teaching in Queensland right. uh, at university and then left two months after university finished maybe three and went to England Mm -hmm. and I spent time a little short time as a teacher just to bed myself in and then went I'm going to to work in theatre so I did three unpaid internships and then got a job as a do you know I just
0: want to talk a little bit about being a teacher because that's what I wanted to do as well really so I left school and I I, uh, um, went to university and studied um, and it didn't work out for me. One, I realised I didn't like children all mm. that much. Mm. <laughs> but do you know what my other realisation was—that you couldn't go out for lunch. Yeah, it's
2: really difficult. It's really you know, socially you had to restrictive. From that premise, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that
0: that is a very hard job. On I so spent a levels. lot of
2: lunchtime sitting at a desk doing marking. Yes, with like they a plate of so sad hard. food beside yeah, me. That's yeah, right. they do work incredibly hard. And they tuck shop lunches probably. Tuck shop lunches and work incredibly hard. They adjust. They do. I, I don't think I've ever worked as hard as I did when no. I was a teacher.
0: So I decided it wasn't for me. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
2: do really like kids and I, I the producing that I did in theatre was all with young people. Right. So I loved that side of it. I just didn't like the restrictive nature of school. I yeah. didn't like... You can't go out and get a coffee. Yeah, you can't go out and get a coffee. But also, like, you aren't encouraged to teach the kids beyond the syllabus because you basically have to get them through exams. Mm-hmm. And, in, and there's
0: so much they have to learn. There yeah. is.
2: And it just.
0: I think it's a really tough it job. It is a
2: really hard job. Yeah. I have endless respect for people who yeah, do it. Yeah,
0: same here. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, um, and so what then, you grew, did you grow up with food and loving food? Very like, much was so. it that yeah. your parents were cooks? And... Yeah,
2: so my, my granny, my mum's mum is a really great cook. My mum's a really great cook. My dad's great. His mum was great. Like, they are all... I grew mm. up in kitchens. Mm. That is definitely mm. part of my upbringing.
0: You, you certainly, I mean, reading this book, mm. um, you certainly feel that passion. I hope so,
2: yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's very genuine and very much there. Interest, no, it's not. not like I discovered it when I was 25 no. or anything. It, it It's very much a part of fabric of
0: who I am. And I, I read um in the book that you started cooking uh, very very early on. Yeah. And I'm the same. I st- um I think I think it was 8 or 9 yeah. uh when I started cooking the family meals. Yeah. And you know, there was Six, seven of us in the family. Yeah. That's amazing. It's amazing.
2: Yeah. At that age, I lived, my mum wasn't married to my stepdad yet, so it was like three girls in the house. Yeah. And she worked until quite late, so we'd all come home together quite late and all make dinner together. That was, you know. That's lovely, isn't it?
0: And it's a great way to end a day, isn't it? Really great
2: way to end a day. Yeah. Really nice if you can involve everybody in it.
0: Mm. Yeah. And it's, well, I find it very de-stressing. Yes, I, find I do. I still do completely.
2: Yeah. And even though it's now what I do, yeah. I still find it de- de-stressing. Mm. So even if I've spent all day in a kitchen mm. coming home and cooking for myself, I still mm. find mm. relaxing.
0: So tell me, how did, how did food become
2: work? Um, I, it was. I started with a blog, so I started writing a blog in March 2014,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it was because I made a treacle tart, which I'd never eaten but wanted to taste because it was Harry Potter's favourite dessert. Mm-hmm. And a friend came to dinner and was like, "Well, that's kind of a fun story. You should write mm-hmm. something about that." And I posted a recipe online and started what still exists as my blog. And had you been writing? No, no,
0: not no. No. Really. So
2: i I always loved storytelling and yeah. loved reading and but English was my worst subject at school. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I was was very much math, science, brain. And then I did really well in home ec and I loved drama and I kind of went, well, English isn't for me. But when I was six years old, I wanted to be a writer. That's what I wanted more than anything else.
1: Yeah, wow.
2: Yeah, and I kind of went, no, I'm going to be a doctor. No, I'm going to be a lawyer. No, I'm going to go to university and be a drama teacher and then I'm going to go to England, I'm going to be a theatre producer and then at... 28 sort of went, maybe I want to be a writer again. Wow. Yeah. So you wrote the blog. So I wrote the blog and I started posting a recipe a week. Yeah. from a different book. So the first book was Harry Potter and it and, was Treacle and, and Tart. A, you had no audience. I had literally no audience. So yeah, I zero. think <laughs> it was genuinely zero some weeks. And I think that, bless her, like my mum and my dad would go yeah. on on different computers yeah. to make it look like more people yeah. were reading it if I was checking. Um, and that it went that way for probably nine months. Mm. So I think for the first nine and months. And you kept at it. I kept at it every week, yeah. And I, I don't know what I was doing it for. People say now like, oh, well, you were probably thinking it was going to be a book. And I was like, absolutely no. not. I loved my job in theatre. I was not looking to leave. I was not angling for a new career. It was something that I really had fun doing. And I went, this is a nice thing that I get to do on the weekend that's just for me. Mm. And theatre does, it's a wonderful thing. And I enjoyed working in it so much, but it does consume your life. Mm. And we were. It's very physical. It's very physical. And it's very. You're, you're always present. You're mm. always there. Particularly working with young people, you need mm. to always be available. You're, you're mm. sort of always thinking of it and you it's not a job you leave at six Mm. o'clock and so to pick out something that was mine on a weekend that was my own creative outlet was really fun and Mm. all the introductions for the first couple of posts on the blog I think are probably 50 100 words they're tiny Mm. it's like here's a tart I like tart Mm. here and it's from Harry Potter and then I started getting into it and started telling stories about food and telling stories about books. And my blog was originally on WordPress, and in December of that year, WordPress picked it up as one of their food blogs to follow. And suddenly overnight, there were like a 1,000 more people reading it. You got an audience. Yeah, I got a little audience. Yeah. And that kind of continued into the next year, and then... In so all all those articles were <clears throat>
0: food and book related. Yes. So, so tell me how that works. So describe that to the, to our listeners.
2: So I do mostly food that you would eat in real life that characters mm. happen to be eating in novels. Mm. So occasionally I'll do some sort of magical thing that only exists in a story. Like I've done the Whipple scrumptious fudge Melly delight from mm. Charlie and Chocolate Factory, or I've done uh, honey cakes. Um, sorry, honey. Oh, my gosh, I can't remember what they're called. Honey buns? Yeah, from um, The Magic Faraway Tree. And uh, and so they are things that are described in literature that I try and recreate. But most of what I do, and certainly most of what's in the book, is real food that you'd eat on a Saturday anyway. It just so happens that you, your favourite character is also eating mm. that thing.
0: It's such a beautiful theme. It's such Thank a lovely you.
2: way to arrange recipes. It's Yeah, it's been a real joy sort of mm. going... Remembering all of those moments trying to capture atmospheres and moods in stories Mm. and, and think about why it is that those characters are eating that thing and what time period that's happening in and where their family comes from and how that might impact what they're eating or, and do you... I mean, obviously, a lot of these um, stories don't come with recipes, so... Oh, yeah, most of them yeah. don't. The only one that does in the book is, like, water for chocolate.
0: Yes, of course. Yeah, which oh,
2: I, I really that. had to scale down because yeah. the recipe itself wouldn't go in my oven. So the right. recipe as written in the book yeah. is too big to go in the oven. Right. Um, so I, had, I think I cut it by four or six or something, four So or that's six another times.
0: skill in itself.
2: Yeah, so it was... I mean, because it's all food that exists... Um, apart from those sort of mm. very, dis- you know, couple of examples, um, it's very much about going, what is this food? How can I put my own thing on it? Yeah. Or is it something that you don't want to mess with? Like, is my grandma's gone recipe kind of perfect and I yeah. don't want to go beyond that? And in that case, it, it is. I, yes. you know, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel no. with food. I want people to make food that doesn't feel like you have to have a themed party to want to eat it. Mm. That sort of you'd want to eat it on a regular day mm-hmm. and you'd want to cook it mm-hmm. when you're having friends around and maybe not even tell them that it's from this book and from this novel.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so then you are back to the blog.
2: Yes. So then I posted a picture um, to the Guardians like a uh, page that was celebrating the release of Go to Watchman. And they were asking for people's memories and thoughts around reading to kill a mockingbird. Mm-hmm. And I'd done a recipe from To Kill Mockingbird like two weeks before, Fried no, Chicken I don't and even, Rolls.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, so I was just going to say I don't remember <laughs> food from that book. But it's yes. that and
2: Lane Cake. Lane yes. Cake's a big one where yeah. everyone makes a Lane Cake, which is this incredibly difficult-to-make cake that making it in 40-degree Alabama weather is the stupidest thing you'd ever hear, but mm. it's amazing. Um, so it was that, and, and the Fried Chicken and Rolls are what the town puts on the door Atticus's doorstep on the first day of the trial Mm. as sort of a thank you and um and yeah and I I I posted a picture yeah I mean that's just a
0: lovely story isn't
2: it isn't it that's that's that thing where you just go this is what we can offer we can Mm -hmm. offer you chicken and Mm. you're having chicken for breakfast and Atticus Finch goes I don't think they've eaten as well in the White House this morning like Mm. this sort of acknowledgement that that is an an enormous thing for that Exactly. I just love it I love that story so so much yeah (laughs) it's wonderful And I I remember reading that for the first Mm. time. I Mm. I got bought, um, a friend of mine, a friend of my dad's bought it for me and he always bought me books that were a couple of years too old for me Mm. in a a way where he was like, come on, Mm. give it a go, give it a go. And I think he gave it to me when I was 10 and I mustn't have read it till I was maybe 12
0: Mm. and I just loved it. I, I go back and – I mean, I've reread It's the thing I,
2: I – yeah, it's that and I Capture the Castle mm. that I reread probably once every year or so.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Mm. Okay, so
2: you wrote to the Guardian. So I wrote to the Guardian <laughs> and posted this picture <laughs> yeah. and they, uh, they got in touch and said – Were you photographing f- your own? Yeah, yeah, so all the photographs on my blog are mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I photograph things with my phone. It's not something mm. I'm particularly mm. amazing at, but it's – I just try and yep. capture that's them simply about. and yeah. that's what a blog's about. Yep. Um, So I posted this picture and they said, well, actually, we found this picture on this website. So unfortunately, you can't use it because that person owns the creative copyright. But if you are that person, could you get in touch with us? Because
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role.
3: Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
2: I really like your blog. Wow, and, and you were that person. And I was that person. And so I, I think 24 hours later, which is so ridiculous, I sent them a list of my favorite 10 from the past year, and they put a big feature up on the Guardian Books page, like ten recipes from literature, with links to my blog. Wow! And that day was just—I got like twenty thousand hits on my blog that day, and wow. that article's been shared six or seven thousand times or something. So it, it sort of put me on us on a in front of people who I it
0: gave you an audience. It
2: did. It gave me an audience outside of people who write blogs because yeah. that's what my audience was at that point—was other yeah. people on WordPress. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gave me an audience beyond my family and my friends, mm-hmm. and, and very specifically, yeah, yeah, so i was still yeah. I was still working in theater at this, point. Yeah. and very specifically um, and I can never ever thank her enough for this. Nigella Lawson started following me on Instagram because mm-hmm. she must have seen the Guardian piece,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and about so at that point, I got a few emails from agents going, "Do you want to write a book? We think you should write a book
0: Can um, I just interrupt and say nigel we had a podcast interview with Nigella. Last I saw week. her
2: name on the wall and was like, "Oh my god, yes, we're in, you're in good company. Oh my god, you're in good company." Yep. Um, i i her new her new book is so beautiful, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I then, yeah, I, I sort of met a few agents and they didn't quite. It didn't quite feel right, mm-hmm. Um and I I had sort of not committed to anything um and was still working in theater so it was just like oh I'll just uh, it a really really busy summer and I don't know what I'm doing so I'll just leave it mm-hmm. and then um nigella posted one of my pictures as her follow of the day in September 2615 mm-hmm. on Instagram and my now agent got in touch an hour later and said you surely have an agent by now but if you don't do you want to have a pint and talk about a book and i was like a you've not invited me for a coffee so yes big in <laughs> well up for coming for a pint and mm. having a conversation about books mm. and she just i kind of clicked with her instantly and i and really like her and yeah, yeah and i really trust her to be honest and really felt like she got the concept and didn't try and shape it into something else and didn't try and make it fit into trends she was very much like what's the book you want to write let's pitch that yeah. and so we we worked up a proposal together and sent it round, and I signed a publishing deal in January, so about six months after The Guardian. Wow. Yeah. Life-changing. It really, really was. So by that point, i just left work um, and was thinking of opening a cafe, and then the day before I moved to open this cafe, I signed the book deal. Yeah, wow. So I very quickly returned to London, got a job as a nanny, and then spent the next year writing the book. Writing the book? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And how did you find that process? Much more enjoyable than I thought I would. Yeah. Um, I was absolutely convinced that the recipe testing and the development of it and all the reading that I had to do, that would be the bit I'd enjoy. And I went, mm. and I'll have to write and it will be fine. Mm. And actually, I loved writing mm. and so You're much more than I th- Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So much more than I thought mm. I would. And, um, and so. I, I loved that bit of it and it kind of shifted in my head because at that point I was like, well, this can be a nice year or maybe two years and then I'll return to theatre. Mm. And I loved it so much that I kind of went, if I could find a way to make this keep going, if I could keep writing things, that's the dream. That, mm. that's, that would be what I want to do. Mm. Um, and so, so yeah, that's.
0: And how did you choose? The recipes for this book. It's so hard. that's hard, isn't yeah. it? How many recipes
2: all up? It's 100. 100. And it is tricky because... The tr- and 100 isn't that many. It's not that many. No. Um, and the trickiest thing about making it work as a book is that the first thing I want it to do is work as a cookbook. Yes. I don't want it to be something that you have... I, I've already yeah. said this, but I don't want it to be that themed thing yeah. where you have to... Where you're you're going to read it and appreciate it, but never make any of those things because no. why would you? No. I want it to be no, something it's that functions. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. so there are things like you look at the chapter of main courses and you go, we don't have a chicken dish, or we don't have a, a something with beef, mm. or we don't have whatever. And I can't just go, Oh, okay. I'm gonna, that really great chicken thing I make. I'm going to put that in because you then have to find a reference to it in a book. And that's not how it works anyway. Mm-hmm. So I, I, because
0: each recipe uh, for our listeners, yes. each recipe references
2: a different work of fiction, a different work yes. of fiction.
0: And there's an intro, there's a, well, there's that, that reference to fiction is quoted and it's yes. quite beautiful. Thank you. Yeah.
2: That's my, it, I was adamant that we had mm-hmm. to do that. It's, um, it's, an enormous task mm. contacting all of those publishers and I asking for the rights to use it. But it yeah. was incredibly important to me that we did it that yeah. way. Um, but that means that I wanted it. I don't, there's not a book in there that I don't recommend you read. Mm. Um, so there are definitely books where. I've Green found, eggs in ham. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where I have found a dish in it and gone, Oh, but I don't like the book enough to include no. it in my book. Yeah. And so in my list of a hundred book, a hundred dishes from, yeah. from books, I wanted it to be also, I think you should read this novel. And so it is really tricky. We had a list at one point of about 200. Um, just so that we could make sure things slotted in and there wasn't too much. I cook a lot with honey, so there was a big repetition of, like, baked things with honey, so I had to cull some of them and make make sure I put my favourite ones in and just sort of play the puzzle of how is this going to function as a workable cookbook. Mm.
0: Mm. It's beautiful. You've done really well. Congratulations. Thank
2: you so much.
0: Talk to me about the difference in food and the way we eat. Say, but, you know... Um, but, culturally like you know between England mm. and Australia for instance because there is a big difference there is a big
2: difference and i think there are a couple of big things i have i'm when i move back to england when i go back to england um in a couple of months i'm moving for the first time out of london and so my experience is very london centric and, and i think that's moving? important to say um a couple of reasons i want to Pay less rent. London okay. is incredibly expensive. Um, I want to live with somebody I know and I'm moving mm-hmm. in with one of my best pals. Oh, okay. So that's going to be really great. Yeah. And I want to have sort of space and a big green kitchen. and a big kitchen that I don't share with lots of flatmates and mm-hmm. and just yeah, somewhere a bit mm. quieter to mm, write. Lovely, it sounds beautiful. Yeah, and it's yeah. on a train it's on a train line back to London, so I'll yeah. spend loads of time in London catering and doing other things. Yeah. Um so I think that my my experience in London certainly is the accessibility of ingredients is incredible. Mm. So... And this is not true of all of England. And I know I speak from an incredible position of privilege and living in East London and being able to walk to supermarkets and, um, walk to like a big Asian food supermarket. They've got the market
0: culture as well. They really do. In a big way. Um, I remember I lived, when I lived at Notting Hill, there was, you know, they're still there. I don't know if they're produce driven as they are. A couple of
2: days a week they are. They still
0: are. Oh, are they? Yeah. Yeah. And I used to always go to, um, Books for Cooks. Yes, me too. It's beautiful, isn't it? Beautiful. Um,
2: But, yeah, so, I mean, the weather is completely different. So if you had a market, a Mm. food market here that ran all day, Mm. by 2 o'clock in the afternoon your food is just going to be awful because it's been sat in the sun all day. Mm. So the food, you know, market culture here is that we get up at 6 o'clock in the morning in Queensland Mm. and go to the local food market that's definitely closed by 9 because Mm. nobody wants to be there after that. Absolutely. And there's much more eating outside, there's much more sort of cooking on certainly where I'm from. Um, and in my family, we cooked on barbecue a lot. There's a lot of like cooking out of doors so you don't have to put an oven on. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cooking on a hob so you don't have to put an oven on. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that has a massive impact. So I moved to England and sort of discovered stews and things that take time in an oven mm-hmm. rather than things that you can do over a pan or make, a, make a salad or anything like that. Mm-hmm. There's also, and I think, again, I'm from Queensland, not from Victoria or Tasmania, which I know are very different. But in Queensland, the seasonality isn't as obvious with food. And when Mm. I moved to England, I really appreciated discovering seasons and Mm. looking forward to fruit and veg at different points throughout the year Mm. and not being able to just lay my hands to anything at any point. Mm. Obviously, you can in supermarkets sometimes. But, yeah, it is really important to have a sense of when that thing is around mm. and to use it and when at it its best, the best. exactly yeah. Yeah. exactly so i now i'm adamant about not using i use tin tomatoes if i'm cooking with tomatoes in winter because mm. tin tomatoes are great yeah they are you know there's no there's no reason not to just yeah. like frozen peas i you know yeah. all of these ingredients that you can that we sort of capture at their best and mm. store in a way that ma- that works for them mm. use them when they're not in season mm. there's no reason to use anything else mm. and um And then, when tomato season comes around, just eat them whole. And do you get homesick for here? I do. Weirdly, I'm back here for two months this time, and I'm for the first time, I'm really homesick for England. Yeah, which feels quite yeah, it feels quite extraordinary this time. Because I'm obviously I'm I'm seeing my family and seeing lots of friends and that is extraordinary. I'm having a wonderful time. Um, and is
0: everybody asking you to cook for them?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone's a bit hesitant to ask me to cook for them. Um, I'm staying with friends at the moment and I was like, do you want me to cook tonight? And they were like, we didn't want to ask, but yes, 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 yes. So it, it, that's a really lovely thing to be able to go and cook in other people's kitchens. But also, you know, cooking with my mum at home, which I haven't done in mm. years, is really lovely. Um, and... I do get homesick in England. And I think part of the book was because when I, when I started the blog, I was incredibly homesick. Mm. I was really missing that connection with my childhood. And I I had such a happy childhood. I had such a great relationship with my parents. I have a great relationship with my sister. I grew up in a very nice suburb, went to mm. a school I quite enjoyed. Like I have absolutely no complaints. Mm. And so to move away from all of that is quite a big thing it is and recalling all of that i i found that lots of what i was thinking about were the books that i read at that time (gasps) i spent most of my childhood reading Mm -hmm. um i my dad would ban me from reading and like send me out of the house and check Mm -hmm. my pockets for books before i left (laughs) so so that i could get some exercise and run around and do something in a park Mm -hmm. um and i'd have hidden hidden them down my pants and, like, and go to the park and then pull it out and read under a tree for an hour and then pretend I've been running around.
0: What do you think – what are you thinking of all the food fads that are out there now, the gluten-free, the paleo, the craziness? What's happening?
2: Yeah, it's – um, Because this book does not reflect that at all. It really, really doesn't. No. It's uh, There are legitimate food allergies that I think it's really great that there are people who – are legitimately celiac who have access to ingredients and to ways of cooking and to um, to fast meals that they wouldn't have had ten mm. years ago, and I think that's extraordinary. Mm. I think opening up that that market is extraordinary. But I think there is a lot, and at this particular, I feel this around clean eating and that sort of thing, which on in the UK certainly, I'm not sure about here, but on the UK is very much. Out. It's mm. it's heading out.
0: Oh I hope um, it's heading out. Yeah.
2: It, I just, because it
0: isn't all eating clean eating if I, you do it in moderation?
2: I just I mean think we're not talking that, about fast food. No, here. this is the thing. I think that the only Home conversation cooking. I'm ever interested in having is about moderation. Mm-hmm. And And, home cooking. and Yeah, I mean, home cooking, if you can. And I think, again, I speak from a position of incredible privilege where I can afford the fuel to run my hob and I Mm. can go to the supermarket and pick up any ingredients I like. I think the conversation, particularly in the UK, that we need to be having is not around clean eating and all of that. That's a a very privileged sect of society who are happy to spend 20 pounds on a packet of dates and make a cake that costs 50 quid. That's that's not anything I'm interested in. What I'm interested in is that we live in a country where people can go to a market and get all these extraordinary ingredients and make wonderful things, but we also have an incredible portion of the population who are visiting food banks who don't have the power, like, don't have the money to turn on their stove and cook dinner for their kids. We have, like, mums and dads who are drinking tea as dinner so that they can feed their children. Mm. And there's an incredible divide in the UK in terms of food culture Mm. and this sort of thing that's... That's come up in the UK about like, we're a great foodie nation now. We are, if you've got money. Mm. So there's, there's incredible food. There are incredible people doing wonderful things. There are amazing restaurants. There are, you know, the, the seasonal so food yeah. in the UK is extraordinary. And I think people are doing mm. amazing things. We have an incredible population of, um, of people who are second or third generation from all over the world. So we have an incredibly diverse mix of food cultures that all draw from each other and draw on each other. But we also have people who can't afford to eat. Mm. And I think that that's the problem we need to be solving. Mm. And I think that I'm incredibly frustrated and uh, and and angry about our government and mm. what what is happening and what is being allowed to happen to people mm. in, in the UK.
0: That's another podcast. Yeah,
2: sorry. Tell me, what's
0: your (laughs) favourite ingredient? Butter. Oh yeah, I'd go for that. I make my own. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, What's your favourite dish? Oh, I know it's a hard one. It's a really
2: hard one. Let's say summer because it's summer now. It is summer now. Um, I have been having, I have been having a lot of seafood since I've been back. Mm. I really like like cold noodle salads and loads of fresh herbs. Really spicy palm sugar, some lime, you know, mm. that sort of thing. I'm mm. a big fan of that. could eat it every day.
0: Yeah, you're in the right place. Aren't yeah, you? exactly. <laughs> well Kate Young, thank you so much for joining you us. You are today. so welcome.
2: Thank you so much.
0: If you'd like more information about Better Eating, follow us on Facebook or visit bettereating.com.au
1: This podcast is proudly sponsored by Belinda Audio.